Good morning. I'd like to welcome you back to another edition of our Anchored in the Word Morning Reflection. And uh, today we are back in Luke chapter 1. We're looking at verses 69 to 79, or 67 to 79. And so if you have a Bible, I'd like to ask you to take it. Let's turn together and read this passage together again. And we will look at our final point uh, for the week. And then, Lord willing, tomorrow we will uh, have some final thoughts to kind of wrap up the study. Here's what it says. Luke 1, 67. And his father Zecharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of them that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham, that he would grant us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou child shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins." through the tender mercies of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Now, each of these pieces that we've looked at is very important. And this morning, what we'll look at is uh, also extremely important. And I would summarize it this way. The gospel establishes the basis for a restored relationship with God. When we talk about the fact that we have access to God and that we are forgiven and we are cleansed and we're declared righteous and we can have communion with God, we're his children, all of those blessings that are associated with the gospel, they come to us by grace, but there is a basis for those blessings. God's not compromising his justice when he forgives us. He's not compromising his goodness when he gives an undeserving person something that is good. There's a basis that establishes his ability to do that. And that basis is the cross and the gospel. And so we see that in verses 74 and 75. He says that he would grant unto us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him, notice the words, without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. If we look later on in the text in verse 77, it says to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. And so each of those pieces is important. There's holiness, there's righteousness, the removing of sin without fear. What is the basis for us being able to experience those those blessings? Well, let's take them on one at a time. The first one is we can serve them without fear. Verse 74, that he would grant us to be delivered from the hand of our enemies. We would serve him without fear because his wrath has been removed. Now, we don't often think about this, but it is true that sinners before a holy and righteous God are in danger of his intense eternal judgment. And the Bible says that we were by nature children of wrath. In fact, in Ephesians 2, 3 to 5, he says that we were by nature children of wrath just as other people are, but God looked on us and his rich mercy was poured out on us and his great love was extended to us. It says, even while we were dead in sins, he hath quickened us together with Christ by grace you're saved. And so we went from being 
uh, under God's wrath to being in God's favor because the wrath has been removed by the payment of Christ. The second statement that we have is that we can now serve him in holiness, not just uh, not just without fear, but in holiness. And this is possible because he has set us apart unto himself by his spirit's work in us. In Ephesians 2.19, it says, Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. That word saint means a holy one, a set apart one. And, and notice the way it's worded. He says, you are therefore, there, it's now therefore you are no more strangers. That means that this wasn't always our situation. It is today, but it wasn't before our conversion. So we see the fact that he's removed uh, his wrath and he's removed um, our, our sin and he declares us to be righteous in him. And so we also see that in verse 75. We are viewed as righteous in Christ because his righteousness is imputed to us. And we see this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. He says, I count all things lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. And I do count them but dung that I might win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness of God by faith. That statement is very important. It's the heart of the gospel. I recognize my own righteousness is unacceptable. I recognize that I cannot come into God's presence because of who I am and what I've done in myself. I need a righteousness from outside of me. And that's what he means by being found in him, not having my own righteousness, but that which is by faith in Christ, the righteousness of God by faith. So we see some wonderful blessings that are a part of this gospel story. The gospel establishes the basis for us to have restored relationship, it removes our sin debt through the washing away of our sins by the blood of, his, uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. He declares us righteous in Christ because Christ's righteousness is imputed to us. He declares us to be saints because our sin debt is removed and now we are set apart to God and we can serve him without fear because there's now no more combination to those who are in Christ Jesus. And so the word that we use that describes all of this is the word reconciliation. We are reconciled to God. We were his enemies. We are now his children. We were his enemies. We are now beloved. We have been reconciled to God. And that reconciliation is all entirely found in Christ. And so I want to encourage you this morning. Let's Thank God that we are reconciled to him through the death of his son. Let's thank God that we are declared holy and righteous and no longer under condemnation because of what we have received in Christ. Lord willing, tomorrow we will wrap up this series with some final thoughts. So I hope that you have a great rest of your day and that uh, you'll join us again tomorrow as we uh, close out the study for the week. Bye now.